Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. I think that's a great point as well. And um, of course, India and even other countries don't manufacture all products. So that's something that you have to consider. Is this product really manufactured competitively in India or, you know, Mexico, Latin America? Um, But if it is manufactured competitively, and especially if the raw materials are available locally, then you might find that, yes, the prices could be more competitive. And um, in India, for most categories, suppliers are very flexible in terms of the MOQ. They will accept lower MOQs. For some products like um, apparel and textiles, the MOQs can be higher, especially if you're, you know, customizing your fabric and you've got, you know, custom prints and all going But that's more of a requirement of the textile mill rather than the factory itself. Yeah. You find that that increased textile prices, like no matter what, wherever you're sort, you always have to buy more, more material, right? Exactly. Yes. But I think even with that, you could maybe be, you know, creative and use the same textile for different SKUs. So for example, if you're sourcing, I don't know, t-shirts, so maybe do, um, you know, men's women's and kids t-shirts with the same or just have more skews with the same fabric that's something that you could consider as well um in india one of the biggest advantages is that there's a lot of handloom fabrics and handloom fabrics are literally fabrics that are you know made on this manual loom where you have people sitting at this big huge gigantic contraption and they are literally weaving fabric fiber by fiber and um, so for those kinds of products or those kinds of fabrics, the MLQs are much lower because they're not running on a huge machine. They're done manually. So that's a, a big advantage that India has. And there are literally millions of handlooms across the country. It's a very specialized um, industry in India. And uh, in each state, you'll find that there are different types of weavers that, that produce different types of fabrics in terms of the colors that they use, the uh, types of blends that they use, the uh, embellishments and et cetera. So I think that is a big um, you know, advantage that India has in terms of textiles. You can get low MOQs with handloom fabrics. That's one advantage. But overall, typically the products that Amazon sellers find competitive in India are like um, you know, wooden products, metal products, glass, ceramic, um, leather, eco-friendly products, all of those products, typically suppliers are more flexible in the MLQ. And, um, you know, mostly suppliers would say MLQ is around 200 to 500 pieces, but they can do even smaller orders. Like they can even do 50 pieces if you wanted to, but of course it doesn't make sense to do 50 pieces and ship ship it all across, you know, to the US. But um, yeah, I mean, it is possible to get low MLQs, but one other thing that suppliers do in India is MOV which is minimum order value. So they would say, okay, you can place an order worth, let's say $5,000 and mix and match SKUs. So that's another advantage that you have. Um, you can maybe buy, you know, like three or four SKUs, fewer, pro- uh, fewer number of units per SKU. And then that way you get more SKUs, but you're also meeting the MOV of the supplier. So they're happy as well because they're getting their MOV. Mark, do now, you want to add to that? Yeah. Well- I, and I would love to add that, you know, you Megla gave some golden tips there and something that you can do, of course, know what materials are popular in different countries, but if I'm selling pillowcases, cotton pillowcases 
and um, you know, and maybe decorative pillowcases, and they're made of cotton or something, right? And I'm sourcing those in China right now. I can look at the different unique types of fabrics that, like Megla just described, and I can see what variations of that product that I could source in another country, and I could, you know, then move production somewhere else, simply making the same product out of a different material. Maybe I'm making coasters out of, you know, plastic or stone from China right now. And I can go to India or even Colombia. I learned Colombia does a ton of bamboo products. And I thought you could only get bamboo really in China. I didn't know, you know, so you never know. And then if you think about all the unique ways that you can make products, uh, all the different materials you can make them out of. And then the other thing is um, the, you could also sell finished goods. So finished goods, um, you know, Megla sent Megla and, and Margaret and the team at India Source and sent us all of these really beautiful gift boxes. And I use my little wallet every day. It's awesome. I love it. It's like my favorite thing. And I'm thinking, man, I don't even need to develop a product. I'll just sell this one. Like, mm. think about all the different. You guys have skills. You e-commerce sellers have skills. So there is Amazon India, there's Amazon Brazil, there's Amazon Mexico. You can find finished goods in these countries and you have skills that local people in those countries don't have to sell online. You can find those finished goods and work with manufacturers and sell them on those e-commerce platforms. And then you can also source finished goods for your own, um, for your own brands and expand your own brands um, by sourcing things uh, from factories. And so you're growing, you're growing your brand that way, but you can, there's also lots of opportunities to even sell in those same countries, those finished goods with the skills that you've already gained, you know, Amazon, you know, uh, e-commerce. So uh, I love those tips. What, what else, Margaret, what else can they do? Well, look, I think um, one of the easiest things with um, India is, is the low MRQs because I've got nine different SKUs. Um, they're all different products, but they're all made out of similar materials. But so if I'm, like if I was in China, I'd have to order another thousand of each of those every order, right. whereas I can go, oh, this one isn't selling as much. I might only need 300. And so I can just do um, top-ups, but because I'm shipping them out in, in one shipment, it, my shipping costs aren't overly, you know, expensive to do that, you know, five or six, six different factories would be very costly. Um, but, but because I can just combine it, so I always send a reasonable size shipment. Like, I mean, I'd never send less than, you know, 20 or 30 cubic metres in a shipment because it becomes too costly for me to do. So I find that that works really well. So if you find something that you like and develop, you know, two or three even products that you can just order, you know, two or 300 of each instead of a thousand of each out of China, um, you're on a win-win. And then you don't get stuck with something that, you know, isn't moving as well. So I think that that I'm finding, you know, with India, that's, you know, been really great for us. And I've now, we've developed a second brand and we've done the same sort of thing. We're using similar materials so we can, you know, once again, just add the orders together. So I think, but look, I find the biggest mistake, we get a lot of people going, oh, well, I can get a hundred. I'll just buy a hundred of that. Well, they don't understand, look, India is great, but you need to be more organised than China. 
um, because of the, um, I suppose, manufacturing, it's all handmade or most of it is handmade. So I know if I give my supplier an order now, and I mean, I do have a, quite a few components in mind. So I mean, I'm probably a little bit different. They're not just doing one product. They're usually doing eight or nine products at a time. It takes me about 12 weeks to get that from go to woe. So the minute my shipment is leaving, like today, I've, I've got another order. I'm, I'm working on that today to give them the next order. So you've got to just be super organised and, and forecast, you know, three months in advance. But, I mean, look, it's no different from in retail. I mean, you don't go into a, a department store and that jumpy, you just, you know, they made it last week, they made that last winter or, do you know what I mean? It's, you've just got to be like any other business. You've got to get yourself organised. You can't just think, oh, I'm going to get that in three weeks. And I think the same is happening in China now. It's not so much the production. It's yeah. getting it in there, the, the shipment time and the port time. And I think that's the other benefit of going to India. We always, we suggest most people should go into um, the sort of east coast, either New York or um, Savannah, Jacksonville. It's, just, it's less time. It's about 21 days shipping, but you still haven't got that congestion at the port. Like, so, you know, most times you're through the port in two or three days. So, um, if you're, you know, dealing with China, the delays, and I know there's a little bit of delay, it's getting harder to get goods out of um, Navasheva or Mumbai at the moment, it's getting busier, but I mean, we're not talking, you know, three months, we're talking, you know, maybe a couple of ships down the track. Um, so I think there's a lot of benefits with going to India, but you have got to get yourself more organised, and obviously you've got to commit money, you know, you can't do this on $2,000, you've got to put out some outlay to get your stock rolling that you know first time around because it's you know you've got to you've always you know ahead but you know that's a business fact of business I think it's you know the way any anyone else works and if you want to come in and try and do this on you know two thousand dollars you're not going to succeed very well anyway as you we know Amy you need to put some money into a business yeah I, I think it's very smart that's a really great tip for anyone wanting to move their production from one country to another whether we're, we're moving it from, you know, China to India or, or from the U.S. to somewhere, who knows, right? But the point is, it's not going to happen overnight. When you're, that's the longest time mm. of, of, your, of your planning is when you're finding and vetting your manufacturers and really getting a good sample and everything. So even though you might have eight months of inventory right now because you just ordered, if you're even thinking about moving your inventory out of China and exploring India or Latin America, and as, as Margaret mentioned, this is not China. It's not China. You need to know your products. You need to know what you want. You need to communicate better. You might not be able to get packaging at the same factory that you get. You know, I mean, it's just, it's not China. It's what China was you know, 20 years ago in some of these cases. So we, we have to take more time to establish that, but the payoff might be really nice. You might be able to better manage your supply chain, lower MOQs, less congestion when shipping, right? Getting things here faster. So for those people who are even considering moving out of China, I don't care if you just made a huge order, get on it. Get on it. Go talk to suppliers now. Go make sure that you have a viable resource in another country. That's what I'm working on right now. I mean, I've got, I've got a shipment leaving China right now, and I'm still I'm interviewing manufacturers and trying to, you know, get some things lined up so that just in case one of these manufacturers doesn't work out, or I need to have packaging done, or I need to get printing done, or I need to move it to 
a prep center in the US to finish up the packaging and labeling and everything, I have to remember it's not China and I, I can't always have everything done perfectly there. So speaking of that, in India, how is that? Can you, um, obviously we know it's not China, but how do we do packaging? Are there really good packaging factories as well? Um, I know that they offer some really cool eco-friendly packaging, um, but are you better off having um, packaging and, and kitting products at a prep center or something? Or um, is that really widely available in India? So for packaging, there are a couple of different options. And usually your supplier will be able to organize packaging for you because they would have relationships with you know packaging companies. So if, if you've got something simple, like just a, maybe a brown box and you want your logo printed on it or something, it's better to just let the supplier handle it because they have you know good relations with the packaging companies. But if you want to develop something unique, if you want to do something different, then you could work directly with a packaging company. And we have a couple of really good packaging companies in our network as well. And you can send them your product. You know, maybe sometimes people don't even know what kind of packaging they need for their product. So you could send a sample of the product to the packaging company and then get on a call with them and then just have a discussion about what you want. And, you know, they could advise you on what best uh, way to package that product or what kind of box to, to uh, produce. A lot of the packaging companies, um, you know, typically they've been focused on retail. So you just have to keep that in mind that maybe these packaging companies have more retail packaging background, but increasingly we are finding more and more companies also, you know, doing e-commerce packaging. And so they understand that the product needs to be, you know, secure and uh, the, the packaging needs to be as small as possible because you're, you know, ending up with more um, shipping costs and, and more storage costs. Because e-commerce is growing so rapidly in India, there's a lot of focus on these things as well. So, you know, packaging companies, because they're catering usually to the domestic market as well, they understand the needs of e-commerce, um, you know, sellers. So there are huge packaging companies and printing companies too. There's one uh, printing packaging company that we have in our network, and they've got like advanced machines from Germany and, you know, really um, high vo uh, volume printing and all that they do. At the same time, they also cater to smaller orders. That's something that I find quite interesting with many companies, um, because with packaging, you know, a lot of a lot of times the the higher you the, the higher volumes you source, the lower your per price uh, is for the packaging. But a lot of suppliers are quite flexible in terms of the MOQs, even for packaging. Like we've negotiated with packaging companies that for our community they can you know do as few as five hundred pieces per box, even for customized boxes. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're quite flexible and uh, you'll find all types of packaging, uh, paper, cardboard, um, call flute, and um, a lot of eco-friendly options, of course. So we've got organic cotton bags or jute bags. Um, what else, Mark? Do you have anything? Oh, uh, well, I think we've got we've got a supplier who started doing cornstarch poly bags, which mm. we think is really quite unique because... Um, that means instead of, you know, having a plastic plastic bag, it's, it's made of cornstarch. So obviously it's biodegradable and in 12 months it's gone. So I think, you know, those options are really good for people. And um, I think your packaging is tends to be a little bit more eco-friendly. Like I know my manufacturer hardly uses any plastic. Most of my products are wrapped in like nice brown tissuey paper and things like that. So you don't find when you get your product, it's full of polystyrene and, um, you know, 
bubble wrap and all that. It's very, very few products, certain products that obviously have to protect certain things. But in general, most of the products are done more eco-friendly. And look, I think the labour cost in India is so much more cost effective than to me, I wouldn't consider shipping anything to the US from America and packaging it because of the, the labour cost is just so ridiculous. And look, packaging, I find, is quite reasonable. I mean, we have all our packages are like gift box type packages and they're very, very reasonably priced. And once again, you know, I can do, because I've been using the same supplier and they know me, they'll do me, you know, two or 300 boxes if I've just got a small top up order in one of my products. So, you know, I've still got boxes over in China somewhere because they made me get 2,000 or something and I only needed 1,000. So, uh, you know, like, it's you don't have that wasting at all. So, you know, you might, I think it's, Oh, did, did she freeze? Did we lose <laughs> Margaret? Oh no! Margaret, are you there? <laughs> well, she yeah. still looks great, even frozen. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think the other thing about packaging that we've found is that, um, um, you know, because there's such a huge domestic market in India, um, there's you know, need for products. And a lot of products that are manufactured in India by factories are actually for the domestic market. So there is a fairly developed domestic manufacturing industry. Maybe these suppliers are not familiar with export markets. So for packaging, a lot of the, the, the actual products, the packaging materials are actually not exported directly. They're supplied to manufacturers who then export the product, right? So for packaging, even if you find a domestic company that you know a small company in a, in a small city that's doing um that's that's printing packaging and boxes for the local market you know even that could work out for you uh, for exports because for products you need an export focused company because they need to understand your quality standards and all of those things but packaging is kind of different it's a box it's it doesn't really you know have any special requirements for exports versus selling in the domestic market yeah, I think it's so great to hear that um, that there are so many packaging options and it's a good reminder for people to don't be afraid to ask your supplier and yeah. to keep keep that in mind, you know, what, what you're looking for, but also, you know, even if you're not in China, don't be afraid to ask your supplier because this is usually not their first rodeo. <laughs> this is not the first time that they've created a product or had someone order a product from them. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really smart. So I love it. Well, I mean, before we wrap up today, I would love to hear um, what is, we always ask, you know, what is a book that you've read lately or something that you're listening to that is keeping you motivated? Uh, you have any, any really good things that you've been uh, into lately? Gosh, let me try to think. Um... Yeah, not really. I mean, I've just been listening to a lot of different podcasts uh, in, in the industry and, um, you know, your podcasts and webinars that you do. Not anything in particular. Um, um, I mean, I can think of, you know, Ecom Crew is one of my favorite um, podcasts. Uh, I don't know if you know Mike Jackness. I think you do, right? You met him in Hong Kong. So, yeah. yeah he's, well, so I will have to check out yeah. Ecom Crew. I don't know if I've listened to that one yet. I will definitely, oh. I'll definitely have to check it out. Yes, definitely do that. They've got a great blog and really good podcast as well, ecomcrew.com. 
So that's one of my favorites. Um, but other than that, no, I have not been reading any <laughs> books or, or anything. It's just, um, yeah, there's just so much going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you went from having the India sourcing trip to going and doing these virtual uh, India sourcing um, sessions, which were so neat because we got to meet all these different suppliers and check things out. And uh, and then you launched the India Sourcing Network, which is so neat, you know. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the India Sourcing Network and what we can expect to find there. Yes, definitely. This is so exciting. I mean, this whole uh, it, the, the, the whole concept has just evolved over the last year. We didn't plan on launching a website as such, but it's just like one thing led to another. And then we had so much content. We're like, okay, we need a home for all of this content we need to organize everything so the idea behind india sourcing network is to provide amazon e-commerce sellers everything they need to source products from india and we realized that there are a lot of different sources to find information about china but there was nothing really about india and um, you know we are probably the only group in the e-commerce space so to speak to provide this kind of information and so on the network, uh, on the website, what you can find is, first of all, vetted suppliers and service providers. So whether you're looking for a sourcing agent or freight forwarder, quality control, lawyer, um, you know, packaging companies, and any kind of service that you might need when you're sourcing from India, we've got vetted service providers. Then secondly, we've got vetted suppliers. And this is really important for us because um, we, re we realize that there's so many suppliers out there on different platforms and or people just go Google, but there are also companies that are maybe domestic focused or, you know, bad actors and who are just trying to take people for a ride. So we really emphasize on vetting companies and we check that they are legitimate companies, that they are manufacturers and that they're exporters. Those are the three things that we check for all companies that we have on the website. So, you, you know, people can source with confidence that these people these suppliers know that um, know the requirements of uh, overseas markets. And then the third thing that we're focusing on is education, because again, there's so much information about China, but not much about India. So we've got a, a blog, we've got a free ebook that we give to anybody to who wants to just, who, anybody who's just thinking about sourcing from India and doesn't know if, if India is right for them. So this ebook gives an overview of how to source from India, what product categories are competitive, how to find suppliers, um, how to place orders, logistics, et cetera. And then recently we've started an India sourcing workshop, which is just so exciting. It's a three-day workshop that we conduct live over a period of three weeks. And we host um, live sessions every weekend. And uh, we're just basically going through the A to Z of sourcing from India and uh, giving people, you know, like almost like a course on, on how to source from India. So, so it's, yeah, like a, like, it's like a India sourcing trip in, in the kind of the weekend, you know, just like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna discover this today and learn this today. And when you're done with it, then you kind of have a better idea of how to actually hit, hit the ground running either virtually or in person eventually, we hope. Um, Amazing, amazing. It's really great. And the, the website for India Sourcing Network is indiasourcing.net. Indiasourcing.net. Okay, yes. perfect. Well, I know everybody's going to go check it out. I mean, such great information. And it's great to hear that 
India is still a viable option for sourcing, even throughout this pandemic, as well as uh, even, you know, shipping prices and MOQs being a little smaller. Uh, and then there's some great resources for people to learn. I think we covered a lot today uh, and it's great to hear from you guys what you're working on in your businesses and what you're planning on doing uh, in this next, you know, six months here that, uh, that you know, is going to be just the craziest Q4 ever. I'm, I'm just really wondering what is going to happen next. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's been so crazy. It's like, geez, what could possibly, you know, would we ever have thought of, what would we have like the crazy hornets and then we had like the fires in Australia and we had the then COVID hit and it was like what is gonna happen next right at, at some point when there's things have got to turn around and start going the other way right <laughs> I know it sure has been a very eventful last 18 months or so <laughs> but we have to think about you know had we not I, I'm I'm not gonna say I'm thankful for COVID but I, had we not had COVID, we might not have indiasourcing.net. We Absolutely, might not yes. have, you know, the some of the relationships that we built during this time period has been really, really just amazing. And uh, the different things, the way we've pivoted in our businesses, I think all of our businesses have gotten more resilient. Um, mm -hmm. And we have contingency plans now that we would have never had before. So uh, I, you know, hey, despite all that, I think it's, uh, it's, it's not so bad. So, well, Megla, I so appreciate you being here with us today and Margaret. Um, we lost Margaret somewhere in there. We'll have to follow up with Margaret, make sure she's okay. Um, but, I think she's, she's lost her internet. <laughs> she just messaged me. Oh, did she? Okay. Worldwide internet outages. What's next? Uh, but <laughs> Yes, thank you so much for being here, Megla, and thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you guys rate, review, and subscribe. We love hearing from you, and definitely go out and check out indiasourcing.net. And Megla, um, last but not least, did you want to plug anything else? Anything else that people need to check out or any way they need to contact you? I think check out our Facebook group. We share a lot of good info there. We do webinars every week and uh, we have a lot of resources. So search for Sourcing from India on Facebook and join the Facebook group. I love it. Sourcing from India on Facebook. Get in there. I'm in there. It's, it's a good group. I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here and we'll see you next time, next Tuesday on the Seller Roundtable. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at SellerRoundTable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.